<laughs> Stop it, you. I keep telling you, you got to be more careful with those jokes. I will never be careful. Oh, hello there. Hello. Uh, welcome to the Good Book Boys. Episode one of Good Book Boys, featuring Good Book Boy number one, Josh Underhill. And Good Book Boy number two, Alex Gates. Josh has uh, very graciously provided the Peroni, and I believe this is Red Label. It definitely is Red Label. The only label mm. and the only way to drink Peroni. What are we talking about today? Well, Gosh. today we are talking about a book called The Porpoise mm-hmm. by Mark Haddon. Um, this is going to be a podcast where we select a book, both read it, and then come to... Oh, wait. Do we both have to read it? Oh, you didn't, oh. You didn't get that many? Oh. Okay. This episode is <laughs> going to be me talking about this book. Now, this was, your, this was your idea to, to, to suggest the, the, the porpoise. The porpoise. The porpoise. Uh, why, did you, why did you select this? I've been trying to get a little bit more into contemporary fiction, mm-hmm. uh, modern fiction, mm. and I just happened to be listening to um, a podcast where the author Mark Haddon was on talking about his book, and it sounded interesting. Now, um, he's, of course, most famous for The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Night Time. That is the one. A book I have not read. You have not read no. that. I, I did read it, but I read it maybe... S- Ten years ago, it's a young adult work. Is that correct? Yeah, why? Yeah. I think a lot um, of schools do it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely remember it fondly. It was a good read. Mm. It was interesting. Uh, that book, I think, was from the perspective of, of a mentally handicapped child, yes. I believe. Um, so that was something. Di- but that definitely thrust him into the limelight. So this mm. is his. I believe it's his follow-up work. Um, I don't think he's written anything in between. I believe a brief look at his Wikipedia page suggested there was one in 2006, oh, okay. yep. which I also haven't read. Yeah, I haven't read so that either. All p- all, uh, so we don't we don't have his back catalogue no. down, but that's fine. Um, yeah, so this well, you shouldn't need to. A good book, you should, should be able to just speak it for itself. Exactly Absolutely. right. Um, so yeah, the porpoise, it sounded interesting to me because it was a kind of prose adaption of a Shakespeare play called Pericles. Mm-hmm. And that kind of on the face of it was like, okay, that could be interesting. Modern books coming out, you know, came out this year. Let's give it a shot. Very, very difficult to recap the plot, isn't it? Yes. I think the best way to recap it is really to recap Pericles, which mm-hmm. is like a story apparently stolen by some other author or of some other author by Shakespeare. Yeah. And the general plot from what I can gather, because I, I didn't read the, you didn't read I haven't the play? read Pericles, no. I didn't read, no. the, I didn't read the play no. either. Um, but I did Spark Notes It mm. to a certain extent. And from what I can gather, it's about a king-type character who wants to wed his daughter, but he has been having incestual relations with this daughter. Can't be doing that. Can't be doing that. But so to find a... Um, suitor? A suitor... He set up this puzzle uh, where suitors would have to come and solve the puzzle. And the answer to the puzzle was essentially that he'd had incestuous relations with which his daughter. Which was his first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> a, I mean, it's a strange thing to be highlighting. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, people come. They can't work it out. They go, anyway, there's this one hero that comes along called Pericles mm-hmm. who solves it. But because he solves it, then he has to die, right? Mm. Because then the king's like, oh, I can't have people knowing that. Well, then you shouldn't so, have made it the riddle. No, it was really poor yeah. thinking. So, he gets chased away, um, ends up in some on some island, meets another lady, has a child with her. Things go a bit weird. He then has to travel back to his homeland, from what I can gather. The lady's supposed to come with him on the way she is pregnant yep. the birth goes wrong they throw her overboard because they, they think she's 
dead in the play, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, she ends up on some other island and survives. Survives. The child survives. The child survives. He leaves the child, even though he's just gotten to his new place with the child. And somehow at the end of it, they all end up back together. So that's the general plot yeah. of Pericles, the play. And that serves as the basis for one of the two concurrent plots that happen in Mark Haddon's The Porpoise. Definitely. Um, one of the plots is in modern times, and the other plot is essentially, to my mind, is essentially just... Pericles. Again, haven't read it. I don't know. I'm sure it's you know a bit more graphic, a bit more grim than probably Shakespeare wrote. Um, but yes, yes I, I believe that's the basis of it. And then I guess the modern running running concurrent to that is a I guess is it meant to be? I guess a modern story that sort of encapsulates some of those themes of of Shakespeare's original. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so that's kind of the the nutshell of the book. What were your thoughts having read it now? Look. Yeah, a good question, Josh. Look, a very, very interesting book. And that is a loaded term and usually that has very <laughs> negative connotations. It was incredibly bold in the way it tries to fuse both of these stories. Yep. And look, the modern story, when your main character is essentially an incestuous paedophile rapist mm -hmm. that's a bold move to it make definitely. that the basis of your story yep so look props to mark for doing that i imagine that wasn't featured in curious incident of dog in the night time definitely wasn't um but I, I, you know i'm still you said just before it was a very very maybe a poor choice to start off with with the first book because it's so hard to to come to terms with. I'm going to throw it over to you. What did you make of it? I straight up didn't like it. <laughs> I have a lot of problems with this mm -hmm. book. Because um, I was coming at it from the thought process of, okay, he's taken a Shakespeare play mm -hmm. and his words where uh, when I listened to this podcast was that he wanted to do an adaption of a Shakespeare play but didn't want to tackle one of the famous ones essentially he didn't want to Kudos you to know him. Yeah. so he took one of the the less famous ones but what has ended up happening is he's retold the Pericles story mm -hmm. in the middle and then bookended it by a loose modern Somewhat story loose adaption yeah that kind of doesn't really have any relevance to the whole middle section of the story, in my opinion. Well, again, obviously for the Pericles story, our main character is Pericles. Yeah. For our modern adaption of that, again, the main character is not the Pericles no. allegory. It's the incestuous king is yep. our is our is our counterpoint. So it made it somewhat difficult. I, I could see the themes were both present there, this idea that I guess with money comes this sense of, um, you know, disconnected from morality. Yep. The idea that when you're so rich and powerful, you have your own sort of sense of what you can do, what is right and what is wrong. And, and that's definitely very relevant to some of the events that have unfolded recently. And, you know, and that kudos to him for, ke for keeping it that way, for, for keeping it somewhat relevant in that. And, you know, again, I give him props for trying to make the main character a a such a disgusting person yeah and you know i think it's always interesting in, in literature um you can have these 
people doing these really, really terrible things, but you get a chance to sort of see into their mindset and how they justify it and why they think it's okay, which, you know, I, I always enjoy reading. But in terms of those two stories mashing together, and then we should mention a third story featuring... Um, George Watkins and Shakespeare, who oh, wrote yeah, the original right. Pericles, right. which is in the middle there for only a few chapters, and <laughs> sort of about that. features features Shakespeare guiding George Watkins, who he wrote the original Pericles with, into the afterlife. Yep. Um, I just didn't see how they mash, meshed together that well. No, they didn't. It was a a collage rather than a symphony. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't very cohesive. Because um, the, the the whole first section of the book is this modern story and it kind of tries to set up the Pericles retelling because one of the characters, the whole front section is kind of that suitor coming to find the daughter and yes, solving the puzzle. Yes. And then the suitor character has to run away because he's worked it out and then kind of ends up being transported back in time into the Pericles. So it's kind of like that's how the link was supposed yeah, to work, is that the character from the modern story was he supposed to Pericles. become Pericles and then that story kicks off. But it just it just didn't have a strong enough no. connection. And it didn't come back at the end. Like the, the pseudo character, I can't he, remember what his main name was. Yes. Um, but he doesn't come back at the end. No, you're right. And it just ends with the So I didn't know whether to read it as <sighs> what's our what's our policy on spoilers in this? Well, I think because this is a retelling of an old story, more or less. Okay. You know. Yeah. um, I didn't. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I I, I didn't know whether to read it as the fact that this pseudo character in the modern setting actually dies and then um, Angelica. 100%. Yeah. The daughter uses the books she's read, isolated in this fancy mansion with her incestuous father uses the books she's read as a basis to sort of imagine what might have happened to him. Oh, he yeah. actually escaped. And, you know, using her her imagination, she escapes her terrible situation she's in and imagines, you know, uh, a story based on everything she's read. I didn't know whether to read it that, as that or if it's, I guess it's just more I think that would up. be a good way to read it. The yeah. only problem is that there was like a chapter where he's like on some boat and like, it kind of describes that he's going back in time, like all the cities. Yes, and disappear. everything starts to starts to change. But then it's, he's never referenced again yeah. after that. Yeah, he just, he just becomes Pericles, and that's it. That's Pericles. It's so from weird. It's yeah. so strange. It was very, look, and again, very ambitious. It's hard to do, but I don't think it meshed together maybe as well as yeah. I think the author would have intended. Yeah, I agree. And another issue I had: what did you think of the writing itself, like the actual formulation? Of the yeah, look how it read. Um, look, I. One of my biggest faults as a reader is I am not as in tune to literature as yep. maybe I should be. You know, I know you're someone who studied it in a lot of different... Well, Russia primarily, you've studied Russian literature, the yep. way the words actually work. I primarily read things for the story, which can lead yep. me to sort of rush over lengthy sections to sort of get to the the thrust of, all right, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really great. That's really great language. What's actually happening? Yep. So look, it was... I, I'm probably not qualified to comment on the literature. I found it fine. I found it fine. What did you think? That would be my opinion. As fine. Yeah. I, like, it's definitely not a hard read. It's an yeah. easy read. I think that it was somewhat poor in parts. I noticed that there was a lot of repeat of descriptive words. Okay. Um, you know, like an example would be, he described something as nut brown like two or three times on right. the same page. Right, right. 
um, which really took me out of the story. I was like, what, what are you Everything's doing? You just brown, said this. Yeah. Like, so yeah. there were a few instances of that type of thing. Um, Laziness? I don't, I don't know. Like you'd think, uh, sometimes it can be a conscious choice because mm. books like this go through so many revisions and mm, mm. over, you know, so many people's desks to check these type of things out. So but when I, you I don't are know, dealing with a story that, that meshes reality and imagination so fluidly you've got to sort of get those descriptions yeah i think so i think so too so yeah all up for me i think this book was you know it's an easy summer read but i wouldn't i don't think i could recommend it yeah um it's certainly interesting and i don't regret reading it but i can't imagine myself ever going back and being like oh i've got to read that again. yeah reread it yep um so you know i would probably say don't read the book. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure your earlier books are fantastic, and yep. um, you know, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm not. You know, uh, I wasn't. I'm sure uh, he's going to be mad about this review. We've oh got, we've got a lot of pull. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> okay. This is going to. This is going to ruin him in the industry. Yeah, they're going to be pulling this book off the shelves yeah, after this drops, based on this opinion. Um, look, it could just be I. I, I didn't get it. You know, I'm con- conscious of that. Maybe I just didn't get it. But as I said, a good book. Yeah, I feel should a be able to speak like for itself. Yeah. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to say the porpoise uh, has been stranded on dry land. Oh, that's a good one. I like just it. Just came to me. <laughs> All right. Well. What to finish this up? Yeah. What have you been reading recently? Uh, well, you know me, Josh. I need I need to get more into um, contemporary fiction, much like yep. yourself, which is why yep. I think this. this I don't know why it's such a good idea. I don't know why it's a difficult. Well, it's different thing. for you. You read classic fiction. Yeah, I do. Read I read that. contemporary nonfiction. Yeah. So I'm currently going, working my way through, and that's another genre that I want to be yeah, delving into more. Yeah, as well. yeah. Um, so I'm currently working my way through a a book on stoicism yep the uh, greek philosophy which is very interesting very informative um but i'm also going through another history of france which is really fantastically written and um really enjoying that um what about yourself what are you working on at the moment uh right now i am reading a farewell to arms by hemingway mm, yes because uh, i haven't i haven't dipped my toes into hemingway at all mm. which uh yeah i've been very i know they pit these authors together all the time mm. but i've been very fitzgerald uh, biased yeah um, so uh, nah, I uh, hashtag team Hemingway all the way <laughs> <laughs> so I've been reading a bit of that um, what else I uh, I read uh, I guess this is a contemporary non-fiction mm. but I read Elaine de Baton's um, Constellations uh, which of which I Philosophy. have read as well yeah yep. I quite enjoyed that yeah I thought that was good. a good summa- summation yeah, of yeah, some of the philosophers one. and just to finish this review we'll throw it over as always to the good book boys good books Alex, what have you been reading that you could recommend to anyone listening? Well, it's definitely due for another read for me, but this is uh, Wolf in White Van, which I think was Oh, and I will explain to the readers that he has brought this out from his shelf. Mm-hmm. And if you want to turn I'm holding the first it in my page hand. there, you can see we do have it. Um, oh, he's got it signed and everything. Alex, who has great hair. Yeah, that was signed by Jean Darnell, the lead singer of the uh, Mountain Goats. This is his debut novel, oh. which came out in yeah, 2016, I want to say, maybe 15. Yep. Um, really, really interesting read um, following the adventures of a boy who has suffered some sort of terrible accident and he finds solace 
in creating this um, role-playing game that's conducted via letters in which people will send oh. him letters to yep. decide their moves, what they're going to do next, and he'll tell them what happens, sort of like a long-distance dungeon master. And um, that's sort of the ba- the backdrop for his sort of, I guess, recovery. And um, yeah, really, really f- fascinating. Very interesting book. You know, a sort of a premise I hadn't really encountered before. Very, very strong debut. He came out with a, another one only, I think, a year later, which I didn't find quite as engrossing. Okay, but yep. Wolf and White Van, definitely recommend, and it's due for another read from me as well. I will have to put it on my shelf. Mm. For me, you, Joshy? for me, I uh, a major highlight of this year has been reading uh, A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihira, I think is how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a giant book, so if you like big, long reads, then this is definitely for you. Uh, it's about a group of friends um, in America. I think it's New York mostly, Brooklyn from memory. Um, they kind of they go through college together, and the story kind of goes from their college experiences to old age essentially um particularly following this one character called jude who's had a really horrendous childhood um that we don't get to know about until pretty much the end of the Mm -hmm. end of the story Mm -hmm. and there's a whole bunch of complications but it's really it's it's written really beautifully um it's really intense at times it deals with a a lot of dark um subjects Mm -hmm. but it's yeah it's just a a kind of a, a book that talks about life and and the things that we can face and quite an impact on you yeah a huge impact mm. yeah yeah i just think it was a yeah a really beautiful book um that you really get to know these characters and you kind of get taken on a journey with them um uh, yeah I, I i was really blown away by it yeah mm. fantastic so those are the uh good book boys good books he's done it um something for you to pick up next time you're at your local uh, bookery bookery book emporium <laughs> uh, uh, next time you're seeing the merchant of paged goods I love that merchant and you can find uh, Josh and his scathing sometimes but often quite positive reviews of the world of classic and contemporary jazz on your Instagram which is what Josh it is at hot cup of jazz that is at hot cup of jazz come along chuck a follow i'll uh give you some hot tips on what to listen to if you're new to jazz or you actually quite like it but interested in uh in what the the medium holds today i recommend uh yeah giving a follow to hot cup of jazz and if you want to keep up to date with my antics you can follow lex whiskey on instagram that is lex whiskey for a whole bunch of well, it sort of defies explanation, I guess. It's just... Um, if you want some laughs and some feels. And some feels as well, I hope so. And a bit of motivation there as well. Definitely motivation. Um, and occasionally I will uh, get naked. It's only, always worth a look. Only occasionally. Always worth a look. But anyway, that's all for this week. <laughs> I think in future, the good book boys would like to maybe know what book they're going to do next so they can announce it at the Definitely. end of the show. We will we do that. We haven't really decided that. Unless you have. I haven't. No, it's it's over to I. you to decide this time. We're oh, okay. Do like alt- alternating Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Alternating suggestions. Okay. Well, I don't have anything to suggest. Um, besides, remember, this has been The Good Book Boys. And if it ain't a good book, it ain't worth a look. Until next time. <laughs>